What type of humor should you use and how do you use it effectively? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Push it up! Hello, my dark horse friends and family, and welcome back to your daily dose of Change My Life in 15 minutes or less learning. I'm your dark horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that's infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or a business owner, and you are here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, business tips, and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire absolutely deserves to be. And me, well, I'm here hitting you with yet another daily success episode of The Dark Horse Entrepreneur as we dive deep into success with actionable advice, tips, and steps designed to help you level up your game. Because as we already know, there are no shortcuts on the road to success except for taking those daily steps towards your goal every single day. All right, so today let's talk a little bit about, you know, chortles, giggles, laughter. What is that best medicine to cure your ails? Laughter, right? I mean, a good old belly laugh can make us all feel so much better in so many ways. Laughter is really said to be one of the best medicines known to man. So that is why we're here to talk about developing a sense of humor. Yeah, you know, that ability to make people giggle, chuckle, chortle, belly laugh, roll on the floor, maybe even wet their pants a little bit. The skill that can generate more good for you uh, and those that you come in contact than probably all the courses, webinars, seminars, or drugs that currently fill our pharmacies. Now, let, let's come back to reality a little bit here. I, I think the reality of this is, along with the ability to make people uh, happy and feel good, humor is really an excellent tool to make light of what could be, I don't know, an awkward situation, right? Or an uncomfortable feeling in the air. Humor can really uh, be a great tool for easing tension and any ill will that's floating around, as well as an awesome rapport building tool. So, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where you're using it. So whether you're using it in your speaking or in your writing, humor can be used to keep your audience engaged and engaged in your message, especially if you have humorous stories to tell that convey that message. This tactic really elevates your ability to communicate. And if you're if you're looking for more popularity, I I can honestly say from experience, this humor is a great tactic. It's uh, it's honestly really very difficult not to like someone who's really good at making you laugh, right? I mean, come on, let's, let's be honest. I can think about so many times growing up uh, across the United States, as I've shared before, my, uh, my father 
proudly served 23 years in the United States Armed Forces. And as a result of that, we moved a lot across the U.S. and into Europe twice during my uh, informative years. And with that comes the fact that, like I said, we moved a lot. And so when you're doing that, you have to make new friends. And it was like every two, two and a half years that we would be moving. And so we'd come to a new place and, you know, I'd have to make friends. And as a result of that, I kind of developed a pretty open, um, open personality, I guess you could call it, and a quick wit or sense of humor, maybe not quick wit, but certainly a sense of humor. I can remember one time we moved to Fort Hood, Texas, and uh, my, well, my dad was stationed in Fort Hood, Texas. We actually moved into a little house in Coppers Cove, Texas, which is right on the, I think it was the west side of Fort Hood, Texas. On the east side was Colleen. Anyway, irrelevant, right? So we moved in there. I was probably, this would have been the early 70s, so I would have been 10, 11 years old, and we're, my mom and dad and I were waiting for the big moving truck to arrive and I asked if I could go outside and mom and dad were like yeah sure just be around so that you can help the movers no problem I'm I'm used to this by now and I'm out there and I'm making friends and meeting the uh, the neighborhood kids that would have been Walter and Ramona and Gary from about two houses down on the other side and his brother whose name I'm is escaping me right now again that's a long time ago, right? <laughs> anyway, um, you know, so I made friends. And so when the moving van arrived, I had all these kids, probably about three, four, five of them uh, coming up to the house with me. And my dad's like, what are you doing? You can't go inside and play. I'm like, no, dad, they're here to help us move. And the next thing you know, all these kids from the neighborhood are helping us uh take stuff out of the truck and move it into the house. Of course, insurance was different back then. Kids were allowed onto the, the the moving vans to help move stuff and no one cared. Nowadays, you can't get anywhere near it, uh, you know, for insurance reasons. So having that open personality and uh, the ability to make people laugh and, and build that rapport quickly, humor is really great for that, as I've learned. And, you know, like life, uh, you, uh, humor, like life, and everything else, there are there are different types of life paths we can go on. So there are also different uh, senses of humor. I mean, uh, you could this could be shown if you think about you know maybe think of all the comedians that you like. Maybe some of your friends don't like the exact same ones. Maybe your spouse doesn't like the same ones. Right? There are just different types of comedies out there. I mean, some people love a, a Robin Williams, while others prefer a George Carlin or a, a Dave Chappelle or a Kevin Hart or an Amy Schumer. I mean, let's take this a step further. And how many of us um, have watched a funny movie uh, and nearly hated to leave to, to go to the bathroom because we were just about to wet ourselves because we were laughing so hard or we were on the flip side and we were looking over at our friends who were falling out of their chairs, tears streaming down their face with laughter while we looked at them like nippers staring into the RCA megaphone right? Like, I don't get it. It's not funny. I, I, I don't get it. 
So clearly, there are many different types of humor, and they don't. Everybody doesn't resonate with everything. So, uh, despite all the differences, humor is clearly recognized. There, there, let me rephrase that: the effects of humor, uh, you can clearly recognize it, and the effects remain the same. So, let's chat about the different kinds of humor that you can use, and of course, always keep in mind the audience that you're going to be using this humor on, so that you can engage the right type of humor with them. Oh, and you'll you'll probably have to feel your audience out a little bit. So it's always good. You always hear me saying this a lot, right? Listen to your audience, right? So you'll find, figure out which humor works best for them. A little hard with a podcast. <laughs> They're not listening. I can't actually read your feedback right now. But certainly during all my times doing uh, live presentations, you can have a couple of different humorous stories, anecdotes, or jokes prepped that are different styles. And then as one gets a good response and you you can continue with your presentation along that uh, style of humor. Otherwise, you can shift, right? Now, if you're going to be practicing this, you'll want to keep... Um, here, let me let me rephrase. You, you may find that you're better with one type of humor over the other, right? And, and if you do find that you're better with one kind or another... Keep practicing that. Hone it to a razor's edge. But while you're practicing that one that you're really good at, you know, keep, uh, you know, keep the rust off the other styles because you never know when you're going to need to call them into action. Plus, you never know when you might want to step up onto the uh, comedy stage and open mic night, right? That could be fun. Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay. That's not for everyone, is it? All right, all right. Let's talk about the seven different types of humor that are uh, that are at your disposal. Uh, number one, the joke. This is usually a question, maybe a bogus story that has been told to you. These are best used when the the joke question or story in the joke relates back directly to the content that you're delivering. Now, joke tellers are usually much like the little boy of yesteryear riding his bike, throwing newspapers, right? He didn't write the newspaper, so you didn't write the joke. You're just there to dispatch it, right? You're there like the little boy, get it, dispatch it, newspapers. Okay, I didn't say I was good at humor, all right, but Hey, don't don't shoot the messenger. I'm not the joke creator. Oh, okay, maybe in this case I am. All right. So anyway, you get it. I mean, you may you could use a joke that you've heard. You're not the creator of that particular content. You're just a little boy dispatching the newspapers. The next one is a funny story. Now, this is usually a true story or one that you believe to be true about something that has happened to you or someone close to you. All right. Now, it's much similar to the story I shared about getting the neighborhood kids to help us move. Maybe that wasn't exactly humor, but it certainly could you know, you know, raise the ends of your mouth up into a small grin if you thought about some kid help, you know, getting the, you know, enlisting the other kids to help do the moving for you. Now, I would try to avoid stories that you... How do you phrase this? I would try to avoid stories that you know or you think happen to the friend of a friend or a cousin's neighbor's dog's babysitter's, you know, aunt, right? Um, they kind of lose their credibility. If you can keep the story relevant uh, that you've heard or that you've watched that you've heard, right? And keep it close to, you know, close to you in relationship and it keeps that credibility up now you're free to use some humor license here where you can say a friend 
right? That keeps the relationship closer, keeps that credibility up, and you know, keeps it right out of the gate. But please don't. I think one of the keys on this is you're telling humorous stories for me. Uh, forget about the credibility for a moment. It's all about not throwing anyone under the bus, right? I'm not a big fan, and I know there's a style of humor that does this. I'm not a big fan of throwing someone else under the bus or bringing someone else down to make ourselves look good to make people laugh. I I just, I I don't know. I think there's better ways to uh, get points across, right? All right, the next one is the impersonation. Now, the number one thing here is it's only funny if the audience that you're sharing the impersonation with knows who you're impersonating. So unless you're talking to your direct relatives, right? Uh, sharing an impersonation of your mom or dad might not really be funny. Uh, you might have to go into physical comedy, which we'll talk about in a minute. So you might want to stick with maybe impersonating a public figure or a movie star. Again, care needs to be taken here. Not a, per- a fan of using impersonations just to make someone look bad. Do not go out there and use humor to bring someone else down in the hopes of building yourself up. To me, that's kind of lowering yourself to a level that really doesn't stand the test of time. Also, heck, you may be, uh, you may admire the person that you're impersonating. So the imperson- do the impersonating just do the impersonation justice while making it funny. All right. The next one, as I mentioned, is physical comedy. Oh my gosh. Some amazing comedians do this so well. I mean, we're talking about the likes of of Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, uh, Jim Carrey, Steve Carroll. If you've ever seen any of them in action, you've seen great examples of physical comedy. Oh, oh, and Melissa McCarthy, right? How can I forget about her? In physical comedy, you're going to use an exaggeration of the body or deliberate clumsiness in order to get a laugh from your audience. Now, it's important that you make this exaggeration deliberate enough that they see it as funny, not just see you as a klutz, unless that's your goal. <laughs> now, the next one is, is what ifs. What if after hearing that example on physical comedy, you stumbled and bumbled and fell? Safely, of course. Now, the thought of that could warrant a giggle. And that's, of course, you're a little longer in the tooth and a trip like that could mean a free ride into a cool van with red and blue lights and a screaming siren. Anyway, what ifs can certainly generate giggles and chuckles and stimulate creative thinking at the same time. The next one, sarcasm. No, no, really, sarcasm. No. Now, David Spade, to me, embodies this type of humor to a T. But let's not stop there. We're talking about the Bill Murrays, the Ron Whites, the Kathleen Madigans. Now, here's the thing. This type of humor can be an easy go-to, but you need to tread carefully here. Do not use sarcasm as a defense or a way to gain superiority over any of the targets of your sarcastic humor, but instead, use it to draw your audience in. You could use it perhaps to express how exasperated you are by some of the things that you see happening around you or um, in your example of whatever presentation you're giving. And the last one I want to tell you about is slapstick. Uh, this is probably one of the best examples. Well, uh, you know, it's probably another example of physical humor, but I think some of the best examples of what I'm talking about here can be seen in movies like Airplane. The Naked Gun, and of course, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, right? Slapstick is all about excessive silliness. 
where you take the everyday and even the mundane and you exaggerate it to an extreme. Uh, there's a there's a scene in a movie, and I can't remember which one it was, and maybe it was The Naked Gun, but the, the actor was searching uh, for something in a room, and he's going through, and he's got the little flashlight out, and he's going around opening drawers, and he finally opens up this cabinet drawer, and he yells, Bingo! And then he reaches into the drawer and pulls out a bingo card, right? Just silliness. So you can take everyday things and pull it out and make your audience laugh. Perhaps you could, oh, I know one. Hey, perhaps I can take uh, a tied laundry pod and put it on the end of a fishing line and then wave the pole back and forth. Get it? Podcasting. <laughs> okay, don't, don't turn me off now. C- come on. It was a clean joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get it? Pod, laundry, clean. Anyway, moving on. Like I said, I didn't say I was a good comedian. That's why I'm doing podcasting, not stand-up comedy, y'all. Okay, anyway, I'll stop here. Now, I do have 10 rules about humor, but I think I'll save those for uh, next episode. I might have beat you over the head enough with uh, my bad jokes. So tomorrow, instead, we'll be chatting about creating your irresistible offer. All right, Uh, no jokes, no humor. Just get out there. Run your race, get your results, and let me hear about them. Until tomorrow, think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.